Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery. And this is Josh Bond. And this is Angie Meadows. And welcome today. We have another lesson for you. This is lesson two ta- called Toxic Relationships out of our Rocker Recovery Relationship Addiction Book. And Josh, uh, kick us off with the principle. People in toxic relationships give power away to gain power and control over another. Yeah. So if I give power away to control another, I've lost my identity. Yep. Huh. I've lost who I am and my own um, safe place within myself. Yeah. If you keep hooking into the same type of dysfunction, you need to work on healing your emotional nervous system that subconsciously is attracted to toxic individuals. You may be repeating your trauma past to resolve it or find a better outcome. This causes you to inadvertently repeat the same type of harmful relationships. Mm-hmm. Repeat the same type of harmful relationships. Now, I'm 60. Um And in my 20s, this is what I did. I constantly repeated the same toxic relationship. So my best friend was much healthier, Mm -hmm. was much stronger, and knew what healthy relationships look like. So we get on the elevator one day, and she introduces me to the fellow that's my husband now that we've been married 35 years. And um, she says to him, she says, Angie doesn't have a date for the football game on Friday night. And he looks down at me and he says, well, she does now. (laughs) I get off the elevator and I'm like, Danishka, I do not like him. She (laughs) says, well, of course not. He won't beat you, use you, run around on the street, you hurt you, you know, and then blame you for it. (laughs) Having it your fault. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I did not know what a healthy relationship looked like, nor did I attract healthy relationships. I literally had that um, chemical part of my brain that went up and down in toxicity. So after we got married, about a year later, it was a nice, safe, even place. Mm. We moved four hours away from home, which was the best thing that could have happened to us. And I realized about six months into the marriage that I was creating drama. Here I am, safe, well cared for, in a nice neighborhood, in a nice home, with a nice husband, with a nice job, and I would make drama over everything temporal. Whether it was, you know, dog crap in floor that he walked around and picked up, whether it was his shoes left here, whether it was dishes, it didn't matter if whatever irritated me, whatever was in front of me irritated me. And when I realized that it was me on the roller coaster of realizing that I was addicted to that type of drama, I had to consciously and intentionally stop it. I had to say to myself, if it's not going to matter in 100 years, it's not going to matter today. And then I picked it up. I moved it. I cleaned it. I did it. And then as I did it, he did it. And it became became very much easier, much healthier relationship. So if you give up power to gain power – in toxic relationships. Eventually, your power and control will be taken from you. Those in recovery have not developed a solid identity and are plagued with poor coping skills and emotional immaturity. They are also multiple also multiple unresolved childhood traumas along with abandonment, neglect, and 
a myriad myriad of dysfunctional learned behaviors that need to be identified and unlearned. Yes, just like I identified that I was addicted to that up and down, Chaos. extreme highs, extreme lows, yeah. that roller coaster of a relationship. And I had to realize that, oh, wait a minute, it's okay if I do more even mm-hmm. a little high a little low a little but i don't have to be like so deep that i'm in bed all day crying or so high that you know what i mean <laughs> excited about the relationship so there's more of an even ebb and flow in healthy relationships as we educate ourselves on what is healthy and what is toxic we can learn self-awareness of our triggers and grow in the ability to self-regulate we can develop a strong identity of ourselves and know that know what we want and need from a relationship we will know our value and will not allow ourselves to be abused okay so in a uh, toxic relationship the center of the the grid here is power and control so we have a um we have emotional dominance obsessing isolating and controlling threatening and manipulating blaming and denying and then we end end up with physical dominance and this is the pattern of relationships that end in domestic violence so number one emotional dominance this abuser makes you second guess yourself they twist words and pretend you are crazy they set you up to to not even be able to trust yourself they play the victim to get you to get sympathy they tell you what you can or cannot think say or not say you may frequently hear them say you should say that you shouldn't say that mm-hmm. so number two obsessing over having their own way once the brain forms a negative loop of anxiety fear anger or other intense emotions it will obsess and repeat the pattern over and over okay so i want you to recognize i'm always anxious i'm always angry i'm i want you to recognize what i'm always running and hiding on eggshell i'm always scared you know i want you to recognize where's my loop what what pattern is it that i need to look at and and work through and develop healthier patterns yeah you know your loved one is obsessed if they are verbally tormenting you with repetitive loops Mm -hmm. they may obsess about money employers neighbors or even trivial things like the way the dishcloth is hung or how straight the shoes are lined up the longer they obsess the louder they vent their speech could be total lies but eventually they will wear their wear down their victims until the person gives in and agrees with them so if you're being if you're in a home with a person who has repetitive loops of toxic thinking and they're projecting that on you at all times you could walk out the door and they're smiling at church and they're smiling in their jobs and everybody says oh man you are so fortunate to have such a wonderful person to be and then as soon as that door shuts Mm -hmm. there's a different person that comes out and they have just probably grew up in a home like that and that's where they self-regulate is with their anger with their looping with their obsessing so the problem is discipline thinking is greatly lacking yes this building of offenses is intentional to justify their sub- their next substance or use binge or your next beating oh wow so a lot of times when they get agitated like that they're basically at the end they've got an agenda yeah. they're going to leave they're going to run around they're going to go spend the money and then they're going to come back <laughs> and get yeah. sympathy pay the play the victim there's a cycle here i want you to look at in your your relationships are your relationships healthy or are they toxic number three isolating and controlling 
and an abuser will slander and braille anyone in your life who could speak truth to you. They will separate and divide you from all healthy individuals. They are they use paranoia to control your thinking and alienate you from others. If you are dating a person who dominates your thinking, run. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so number four, threatens and manipulates. A ranting negative person uses anger to self-medicate. Hmm. They use rage to release pent-up emotions and self-regulate. You may react and fight back or may retreat and become passive and make excuses for the abuser. Either one is unnecessary in a healthy, trusting relationship. If you become your abuser's protector when natural consequences occur, for example, domestic violence charges, assault and battery, arrest, relapse, etc., you need more help than you can imagine. Go to a domestic violence shelter and ask about group counseling sessions. Go to counseling immediately. Yes. So if you are making excuses for the abuse that you're going through, you're part of the problem. Yep. yep. <laughs> but your focus is so intent on fixing them that you have forgotten that you can yep. control yourself and you can get up and you can walk away. You're an adult now. You're not a child. And you're enabling them to get high on yes. their form of chaos. And on their anger, yep. on their bitterness, yep. on their raging, yep. on their their negative internal critic has become part of you. Yep. So and there's this cycle of number five, the blaming and denying. One inactive addiction does not take responsibility for their actions. Wow. They they are continuous with anyone who attempts to hold them accountable. Contentious. They are contentious. With anyone who attempts to hold them accountable. Individuals with substance use disorder will divide you and your loved ones or close friends and play you against each other to have power to continue in their destructive behaviors without restraint. They will seek to build in, they build offenses against others and build negative bonds with empathetic sympathizers. This is a tactic to deflect personal responsibility for their actions and become a victim with enablers feelings, feeling sorry for them and making excuses for their poor decisions. And it's possible that you've got two adults in a home that you grew up with and one is, is um, telling you, now when you walk out of this house, our skeletons stay in our closet. <laughs> you're not allowed to go to anybody. And of course you're a child. You yeah. do, you don't know. And and then and then they'll they'll come in, you know, after hours of raging or screaming or, you know, a black eyes and they'll tuck you in bed and say, "Now everything's all right. Just get up and go to school tomorrow." Is your homework done? And they act like nothing happened. So if you grew up in an environment like this, it's not your fault yeah. that you. It's not your fault that you're uh, drawing this chaos and confusion to yourself, and that you run towards these types of relationships yeah. instead of away. But now, as an adult, I want you to empower yourself to be able to get free. Yeah. So number six is physical dominance. This physical dominance and control is never love. It is using and abusing. If you walk on eggshells trying to keep the peace, don't. Disentangle yourself from this relationship until they understand and seek recovery for their dysfunctional personality issues. Name calling. The signature card of abuse. <laughs> Blaming. And playing the victim is the con game. An enabler. Is a master excuse maker. Stop. Making excuses for poor behavior and set up standards for your relationship. Well, now there's four good things. <laughs> okay, so I want you to discuss these toxic warning signs. Um with your friends what warning signs are in your relationship number one turns your words against you number two paranoid three makes villains out of those who disagree with them 
Four. Use intimidation. Five. If you love me, manipulation statements. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six. Threaten to hurt you or others. Seven. Threatens to hurt themselves. Eight. Road rage. Nine. Escalates issues into a crisis when they do not get their way. Ten. Jealousy. Eleven. Excessive texting, calling, emails, visits. Twelve. Insist, insists that you stop hanging out with other friends. Thirteen. Separates you from your family by being offended or causing an offense. Fourteen. Controls where you go, what you wear, and what you do. Fifteen. Complaining and discontent. Sixteen. Does not openly communicate problems. Seventeen. Refuses to resolve conflicts, bears a grudge. Eighteen. Mood swings. Nineteen. Disrespects authority. Twenty. Does not accept responsibility for their actions, blames others. Twenty-one. Frequently says, you should not say that. You interrupted me. You do not know what you are saying. You are stupid. You are crazy. You are not my teacher. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so if I want to talk about one of these. um, Yeah. It, not resolving conflicts. Bearing a grudge. Um, a lot of times the conflicts will just, they escalate and then they go down and then they escalate. And, and you just basically, you can go around this bush for decades. <laughs> the same conflicts. Yeah. Um, if if you're not moving towards health, if you're not moving towards wellness. And sometimes we have to make hard choices um, that's best for me. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to leave for a while and I'll be back. Yeah. But you're not gonna talk to me that way. Yeah. And it may be that you leave for an hour, maybe that you leave for the day, for the weekend, that you leave for six months and say, now when you go get counseling, now when you do this work and this work and this work, I'll be back. Because this is not this is not going to change until I change. Yeah. And some things are just not tolerable. They're, they just are so painful in our families and in our homes that sometimes we got to take a hard stand and we got to make the hard decisions, which are is sometimes... It's more empowering and easier later, but making that decision is seems somewhat somewhat impossible because you haven't had decision making power for a while. Yeah. And as a child you weren't safe and you just learned to play the game and keep putting a band-aid on things and covering things up. Is there any of this that you want to talk about? Uh, controls where you go, what you wear and what you do. Okay. I mean, if that don't let you know right there that you're in something bad, then you know what I mean, you're not even yeah. your own person. Mm -hmm. Do you even have your own name? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or do you just go for what they tell you oh. and you know the crazy part is is that i thought that as a man that when the bible says that i'm the head of the household i used to manipulate the bible into what i wanted it to say and go with i'm the head of the household controls where you go what you wear what you do you know what i mean and it never worked out <laughs> it, yeah, if it's, it's not full it's never of going peace to work out. and love yeah. and i'm gonna lay my life down and die for you girl <laughs> then it's, yeah she's not safe she's You're not right. happy yep. and she knows it and she and so it's very difficult for her to surrender but as i submit to christ i do it out of love because yeah. he's my caretaker he's my protector he's my provider so as you love a woman based upon your love for her and you're loving her through Christ, now she's safe to love you back yeah. and give you that respect. Yes. <laughs> so let's look what a helpless syndrome looks like, which is also known as total toxicity. Feeling helpless can paralyze you from deciding and keep, keep you overwhelmed. You know, make you impulsive. Distract you from your goals. Allow you to deceive yourself for a little intention. Brings on depression. Makes you want to use dysfunctional coping skills. Yeah, like addictive behaviors. Yeah. Gives you insomnia, interrupts your sleep, 
anxiety or severe physical illness because of chronic fight or flight syndrome which causes innervation loss innervation oh innervation Uh, innervation Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not sure i'm saying it right (laughs) loss of strength or vigor yes so if if i have uh if i'm really toxic in my body if i listen to my body I'm going to know I'm moving towards toxicity. Yeah. I'm going to be anxious. My joints are going to hurt. I'm going to have a headache. I'm going to yeah. be waking up at night rationalizing with an irrational person. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you to listen to your body. I want yeah. you to listen to it. Yeah. If you're overeating, if you're like, all I want is chocolate. I don't <laughs> even want to eat anymore. I just want to drink coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so at this part of the lesson, I want you to think about what you will and will not tolerate in your relationships and where you want to draw that line. Because we can't fight every battle but what battle do you want to fight yeah. what what is a deal breaker and then decide yeah what compromises are you willing to make to have a relationship compromises compromise yeah <laughs> <We're> <laughs> compromises. Okay. okay next one what price are you willing to pay to keep others from suffering their consequences for poor choices yes and sometimes uh, we get pulled back in when there's uh consequences to those pull um, poor choices yeah. so that we can fix it <laughs> and hide it and prop them up. And sometimes they need to go back around that bush and they need to learn. I used to be extremely um, it, it, I enabled because I was suffering yeah. because I had this fear of what if this happens? What if they go to jail? What if they die? What if this? What if that? Um, and instead I just realized that you know those are their choices those are their consequences yeah. and if I let them learn while it's smaller then God doesn't have to bring around a higher consequence that yeah. I can't get them out of yeah. he can actually speak to their hearts right now and what I have learned over the decades is that nobody's going to die until God's done with them right. I mean as I've watched my loved one overdose 60 70 times and try to commit suicide 30 times and my husband be sick for decades with them telling me he's only got a few weeks to live few months to live for 20 years i realized that nobody's dying until god's done with them (laughs) i mean i used to like be so much suffering grieving for what might happen that i couldn't enjoy any part of today so what cost is too high for you to stay in this relationship is it your health safety home sanity children future security stability and or your peace and quiet Hmm. yeah so what price are you willing to pay to keep propping up a sick relationship yeah is there an intense excitement alternating with a foreboding 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 anxiety in this relationship yes a healthy relationship won't cause you toxic anxiety what sacrifices have you made this year to keep another comfortable Hmm. was it worth the cost have they grown changed or regressed oh so if i've helped a person for 10 years and i'm telling you i helped people in my family for 10 years and they were worse yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the lord was saying okay how long are you going to do this i mean you're the one paying the price yeah i had to back up and it did take them several years and then they started changing but they didn't change as long as they could come to me they didn't have to go they didn't have to change their behavior all they had to do was come to me yeah so i had to back up and let them learn the hard way are you in a better position than a year ago okay so if i'm in the same place year after year after year then this is on me yeah what would your future look like if you stayed in this relationship okay play it out what's it look like the last 
year, the last month, the last six months, the last six years? What does what has it looked like, and what is moving towards health? And what do you think this might look like if you stay? Yeah, what will it look like if you do not change? Yeah, if I don't change, because I can't control them, I yeah. have to control me. What would it look like if you withdrew your emotional, physical, or financial support? Mm. What are, What are your greatest fears? You know, I wrote down my greatest fears. Some of my greatest fears was that I was going to get bullied, <laughs> was that I was going to get blamed, was that I was going to get slandered and gossiped about, that I was going to get triangulated and pulled into it, and other family members were going to be angry because I didn't fix this problem, and now yeah. this person had this problem, was whining, and, and this was your responsibility, this was your offspring. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a lot of fears that I had to let go of, but I, when I named them, then I was more... Uh, capable of turning them over to the Lord and letting go of them. Yeah. What is the worst that could happen if you sever this relationship? Yeah, and the worst that could happen in addiction is they could die. Yeah. And I had to I had to come to terms with that that, it, that you know that's okay. That's yeah. okay. God, here they are. I lay my Abraham, my Isaac I'm Abraham, I lay my Isaac on the altar, whatever glorifies you, whether it's to raise him up to serve you and glorify your name, or whether it's to lay him in the grave, I trust you. And I'm telling you, Josh, it took me decades to get there, so I don't expect you to get there overnight, but what would it look like if you started doing that, if you started laying this person on the altar and stopped being responsible for their chaos? Yeah, what is the best thing that could happen yeah well there you go what's the best thing that could happen that they change that they find healing that they find recovery that they or that you you find happiness yes that you find peace yes so the principle here is people in toxic relationships give power away to gain power and control over another Hmm. so conclusion relationship toxicity there are times in the past few years i have felt forsaken forgotten lost and undone hearing the voice of reason only to have circumstances prove me wrong the confusion and torment have been greater, longer, and harder to overcome than I have ever imagined. The fear, anxiety, and frustration has been intermittently incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Intermittently incomprehensible. So I have, I have a friend that's uh, been a long-term family member, uh, an extended family member that I call two or three times a week. And we've been doing this for 25 years. He's gone through a lot of the same things I have. Um, It's actually my stepdad. But um, we have a very close relationship where I can share my heart with him. And he says, you know, I always think things will settle down. And they never settle down. (laughs) They just roll around. And But when they're crazy, what I do is I learn my lesson. I write out my lesson. If I don't write the lesson that God's giving me, I'm literally back there in three weeks. And he'll bring that up to me. He'll let me process it verbally. This is what's going on. What do you think God's teaching me this time? And we have learned together that if I don't get that lesson and write it, it's coming back around. So a lot of times my lessons have to be written out. I have to listen. Jesus Christ is the Word. He was made flesh. He dwelt among us. And the Word is living and alive. So as he's speaking to me, I have to have my listening ears on. And he often, when I don't have my ears tuned to his word and I'm not sitting in his word, he often talks to me through my anxiety like, are you ready? Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to come? Yeah. Yeah. Even when I find myself totally helpless, I always have choices. But sometimes no choice seems viable. So my choice is to stay stuck in a 
cyclical cyclical pattern of abuse or choose to distance myself from the relationship and press onward and upward toward the peace I know can be mine. Yes. So the greatest skill I have learned is to not make decisions during times of confusion, but to stand still and stay the course until things become clear. Now, sometimes if they're toxic and my life is being threatened, I need to make it an instant decision, but it can be a temporary decision. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going for a week yeah. to this shelter. I'm going here for a week to this rehab, to this, you know, sober house i'm going it doesn't have to be a permanent decision yeah. but it does have to be a decision if your life is is being threatened it has to be a decision yeah sometimes our relationships resemble our families people take advantage of us and then control us and this creates chaos that feels normal we allow them to dominate our thinking and our entire life we must emotionally set aside people that cause us suffering and make the, the best decisions for ourselves this takes courage and emotional maturity this takes some stubborn Resolve to protect our heart by closing it off to those who have proven themselves unsafe for us to freely trust and love. Wow. What would it look like to make your heart stubborn for good? Yeah. <laughs> I am going to stubbornly stand here and say you're not going to keep stabbing my heart. Yeah. What would that look like to, to be able to push somebody back and say no more? I, yeah. I'm, no, mm -mm, I'm going to love myself more than I'm going to love trying to fix you. Yeah. When a person doesn't have their own identity and think we are like their right arm and can be moved and used as they see fit, they do not know how to respect another person's individuality. They weren't allowed to grow and mature as their own individual throughout childhood and are always insecurely attaching to others to find a part of themselves that didn't develop. Their interactions with others lack boundaries. Often they are so empty inside that they lack the ability to see the effects of their behaviors on others. Mm. Therefore, there is no skill we must develop where we toughen up and deepen our ears to manipulative emotional ploys. So we want to be a little deaf to emotional ploys and to victims. We don't want to, to the victim mentality. We, we don't want to be... Um, emotionally manipulated yeah so if i'm thinking uh what's best long term what's yeah. going to be best for this person next year well it's going to be best that they straighten up they stand on their own two feet to pay their own bills yeah you know uh, am i giving them a leg up or am i giving them a handout and, and they're right back in three days yeah <laughs> you, right. you know so i don't want to be manipulated with emotions yeah um so i want to be able to be strong enough and and i call this alligator skin i want to have alligator skin yeah. To where when they're coming at me emotionally, and it's the same thing over and over, and that I step back and let them learn. Yeah. So here we go. Does, Therefore, does oh do, yeah. oh yeah. Does this sound cruel? It is much worse to continue rescuing than to allow others to face the consequences of their poor relational behaviors. Yes. So gotta let them face those consequences, yeah. guys. This consequence is theirs and not ours. If we assume responsibility, this. Oh, if we assume responsibility for the electric bill when they just spent $100 eating out or smoking and vaping, we are keeping them from growing through overcoming their spending impulses through struggles of consequences. Yeah, so let that electric be turned off a few days. It's yeah. okay. They can run an extension cord to their neighbors. I agree completely. <laughs> for that fridge. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If we continue to make excuses and rescue, others become dependent and will be angry as we disengage from others from them this usually triggers an old abandonment wound and often causes relapse okay so if i have been so enmeshed in somebody's life that they're completely and totally dependable on me i want to back off a little at a time yeah 
yeah okay now this month you're going to pay this now yeah. next month you're going to pay this and this now the next month if you if you don't pay that it's 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 okay but i'm yeah. not paying it and then stick with it yeah. does that make sense yeah. um because there's always going to be a new crisis and and irresponsible people come and emotionally manipulate you with crises yeah, that's real. <laughs> so they're gonna have to face their own crises because they made them yeah <laughs> here we go <laughs> do not gauge engage in relationships in early recovery each person must form their own identity inner strength and develop characters to bounce back from their disappointments otherwise you keep circling the same mountain and land in the same place year after year forward movement and recovery progress will be continually hindered through repeating broken relationship patterns so who double talks and usurps your decision-making skills? I want you to think about that. Who takes away your decision-making power? So most in recovery are greatly lacking in decision-making skills. skills. Now, others who uh, others know what decisions need to be made, but they lack the resolve to follow through with their own choices. Still, others know exactly what to do until they are face-to-face with this situation or this current partner, and then they are just like a puppet, and they have absolutely no power. So if you know what to do uh, when you're alone or with a counselor and then you cannot follow through with this in the presence of your toxic love you need distance space and a time to find yourself again the voice of reason within you has become the voice of confusion so pray us out of here josh lord help me make healthy decisions guide me into healthy thinking and right living give me teachers that are patient with me give me ears to hear the instructions you have for me give me the courage to stop toxic relationships and seek my own inner health and well-being in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And this was lesson two of the Rocker Recovery Relationship Addictions. And thanks for joining us. This was the Rocker Recovery. This is Josh Bond. And this was Angie Meadows. And you can find us again on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, under the Rocker Recovery. You can find the books on Amazon.com. Under Angie G. Meadows, under Rocker Recovery. Also, have Enablers books for Enablers Journey, and I have some Bible study books on there. So, we will see you next time.